Hello, friends. This is the Neatarts Friends Church podcast. We are Jesus people, Kingdom of God people, welcoming, yearning, sharing. And we're glad you're connecting here with us. We'd love to connect in person as well. If you're inclined to support this podcast or for more information, just hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. That's neatartsfriends.org. Let's jump into today's sermon. People hunger for concrete, real experiences of the life-giving Spirit of God. Here's a story. It comes from the Gospel of John, Chapter 3. One day, a religious guru named Nicodemus secretly came to Jesus with questions about his own spiritual experience. He couldn't ask his questions in public because Nicodemus was supposed to be the guy with the answers. He wasn't supposed to be the guy with the questions. He was a man who was usually on the other side of the conversation. Usually people were coming to him with their Bible questions because Nicodemus was a Bible expert in his day. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council, a Pharisee. And yet, he was bumping up against something. And it was a question about his own concrete spiritual experiences. He acknowledged to Jesus, I can see that God is with you. Or in the message translation, no one could do all the God pointing, God-revealing acts that you do if God weren't in on it. And so he was recognizing something real, something alive, something different about Jesus. He wanted to understand how Jesus had tapped into the life-giving Spirit of God. This religious leader, Nicodemus, was hungering for the same thing that people all around the planet hunger for. A concrete, real experience of the life-giving spirit. Jesus began talking with Nicodemus about being born from above, being born from the spirit. Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus could relate to the Spirit of God being like wind on many levels. He could relate on a Bible level for sure. He was a Bible expert in his day, and the ancient Hebrew word for spirit, ruah, was the same word for wind, or breath, or life force. And it shows up very early in the scriptures. Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind, a ruah from God or the spirit from God swept over the face of the waters. So, Yeah, Nicodemus could relate on a Bible level, but Nicodemus could also relate to Jesus' words on a personal level. You see, 90 to 95% of people in the first century spent 
their day, most of it outdoors. And so they felt the wind on their skin and it mattered to them because putting food on the table was dependent upon the wind. These were people who were involved in farming and fishing. Israel was not a land of rivers. All rain, all agriculture, all life was dependent on the wind coming over the Mediterranean Sea and bringing the rain clouds with it. All fishing and travel by sea was affected by the winds. The winds might carry you safely to your destination, or they might leave you bobbing in the sea for days, stuck in a windless doldrum. They were constantly thinking about the wind, paying attention to the wind. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, I have a sneaky suspicion that we've actually all been Nicodemus a time or two. I know I have. When we happen upon someone who seems to have a concrete lived experience with the Spirit, we kind of want their experience. We want to know their strategies, like how, how is this working for you? Maybe it's a pastor telling you about their God experience. Maybe you hear someone share a testimony at Celebrate Recovery. A friend tells you over coffee about a kind of out there God experience. Maybe you're at work and somehow the topic comes up like weird supernatural experiences. As you listen to people's God experiences, you might think to yourself, Boy, I wish I had more concrete, real-life God experiences. Or some people might say, any God experiences. And sometimes you think, well, what if I try and replicate whatever it was that they were doing? Maybe then I'll have an incredible God experience. Like, they told a really cool story that happened while they were gardening. Uh, so maybe I should try that. Or maybe if I fast for a week or two, I'll have an amazing God experience because my buddy had an amazing God experience while fasting. Or maybe I need to read this certain book on prayer and start praying in this certain way. And then maybe I'll have a cool God experience because that's how it worked for my friend. Or maybe if I go for more sunset walks, I'll have a real kind of tearjerker experience because that's what happened with my other friend. And, and we can spend a whole bunch of energy in our spiritual life wishing for concrete lived experiences with the life-giving spirit and simultaneously watching for the wind to stir someone else's sails and then we're just trying to copy whatever they're doing like maybe we can catch a bit of that same breeze and not only is it all very exhausting but it can be very discouraging jesus says the wind blows wherever it pleases you hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going and so it is with everyone born 
of the Spirit. Now, let's pause here for just a moment and let's reflect on the way that we relate to the wind in our day. Unless you are a sailor or a surfer or a kite flyer, you probably don't step outside on a windy day and say, oh goody, it's windy today and the wind is just perfect. You would probably just prefer that it was calm. But even if you do prefer a windy day, the wind is mostly related to your pleasure and your entertainment. The wind isn't at the center of your life and survival. You don't live as close to the land as people in first century Palestine. And so for most of us, the wind is kind of an afterthought in our weekend plans. Many of us spend the majority of our day indoors, unaffected by the wind, and our most intimate interaction with the wind is fixing our hair after walking from our car to the office, or it's closing the window when the wind blows the sweet derriere our way, or it's a slight nudge on the steering wheel as we drive over the Tillamook River Bridge and feel a gust. For most of us, we can go through 90 plus percent of life without giving the wind a second thought. We've got a roof over our head, we've got food on the table, we have a paycheck coming our way, whether the wind blows zero miles an hour or 90 miles an hour. But if we do happen to wonder, is it going to be nice out? Is it going to be calm today? Should I pack a jacket? How windy is it going to be? The answer is only a click of a button away. You just pull up the weather app on your phone. You just turn on the weather channel. The meteorologist will tell you where the wind is coming from and where it's going. It's 11 miles an hour gusting up to 18 out of the north today. Well, there it is. So, yeah, Jesus, the wind might blow wherever it pleases because we haven't figured out how to control that yet. But the wind is going to surprise us, Jesus. Jesus says in... John chapter 3, that we don't know where the wind is coming from or where it's going, but we do. We know where the wind is coming from and where it's going. Today we can expect 11 mile per hour winds with gusts up to 18 out of the north. So no surprises here, Jesus. <laughs> so what's going on here? Well, we all want to experience life in predictable ways. We want to know what's going to happen next. And so we live in an age that demystifies everything. Everyone wants to know everything and measure everything and understand everything. And there's a very good reason. We don't like feeling out of control. We all want to experience life in predictable ways. We want to know what's going to happen next. And our brains are constantly making predictions. It's just the way they're wired. So we don't only want to know what the weather's going to be like. We want to know when is the weather going to change. And it's not just the wind. If you're buying a new car or a new anything, you read the reviews. 
Is this thing reliable? Is it just going to fall apart? What can I expect? If the doc tells you about a condition that you have, you immediately want to predict the outcome. Well, how long until I recover? How hard is this going to be? My family has started emailing about the next fantasy football season, and everyone wants to predict which fantasy football player is supposed to do well this coming season. We like rituals. We like routine. We make family calendars and work calendars, and our phones ding with reminders because we all want to experience life in predictable ways. And for every area of life that's unpredictable, we just go with the Boy Scouts model. We say, be prepared. And so we're constantly looking ahead and preparing. Do I need to put on winter tires? Is my will up to date? Do I have enough money in the rainy day fund? Uh, do I have a life jacket, a parachute, a backup plan? We expect the best, but we prepare for the worst. Now, some people may say, well, no, not me. I like spontaneity, and I'm not a planner, and I take things on the fly, and I'm a free spirit. And yeah, it's true. Some of us love thrills and roller coasters and new adventures and new connections and living in the moment. But even for those of us who love spontaneity, we want that spontaneity to be on our terms. I choose to do this on a whim. I choose this adventure. Yeah, some of us like roller coasters that twist and turn out of nowhere and go through dark tunnels. And we like that experience of not knowing what's coming next. But we stood in a line to ride that unpredictable ride. And we planned to ride that ride. And we chose to ride that ride. And we won't be nearly as happy if we leave the amusement park and our wheel goes flying off. And suddenly we're careening off down a road, down a steep ravine. No, not that wheel, not that ride, Jesus. We don't like all forms of unpredictability and spontaneity. We have more of a love-hate relationship with surprises. We only like surprises if they're good, favorable. So whether you're a planner or a spontaneous person, all of us have brains that are wired to predict the future. We only like feeling out of control to a certain degree, and then it's too much. So what does all of this have to do with your spiritual life? Well, it isn't only life that we want to experience in predictable ways. We want to experience God in predictable ways. We crave extraordinary God experiences, real, tangible God experiences, and we have an idea of what those experiences might actually look like. So, in our gathering on Sunday, we paused and discussed with one another so I'd invite you, if you're listening with someone, chat with them about this. Or if you're listening on your own, just reflect on this. How does your inclination to try and predict what's going to happen next impact your spiritual experience? Take a few moments, reflect on that.
all right. We all crave extraordinary God experiences, and the good news is that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit doing all kinds of extraordinary things. The Holy Spirit gives people boldness in their words and inspiration in moments of crisis. The Holy Spirit enables people to communicate effectively across language barriers and differences and cultures. The Holy Spirit gives people signs, helps people teach effectively, gives people visions, calls leaders. The Holy Spirit speaks a word of son or daughtership. You are my child. You are my beloved provides guidance, illumination, revelation, helps communities of people discern complex ethical questions, helps people through and beyond their addictions, their flesh, their shadow side, the things that would otherwise destroy their life, shows people that God is doing something new. The Holy Spirit comforts people, comes alongside people, encourages people, The Holy Spirit helps people understand God's will, reminds people of Jesus' words, convicts people when they're misguided, and leads them into truth. The Holy Spirit equips people and gives people gifts for the sake of others, and on and on and on. These types of experiences are exactly the kinds of real, concrete, lived experiences that we hunger for from the life-giving Spirit. And Jesus makes it painfully clear that there is no forecasting the winds of the Spirit. There's no strategy, there's no algorithm, there's no formula where you just do A, B, C, and then voila, the Spirit gives you a zinger of a God experience, just what you needed. It doesn't work like that. But on the other hand, wind happens. Wind is real. It is central to all of life. It is crucial to all of life. Let me tell you a story here. So I got such a kick out of the revival that happened at Asbury University this last February. And what really makes me happy about the whole thing is that it was kicked off accidentally by a volunteer soccer coach. This guy who preached a sermon on God's love in a weekly university chapel service. He he got done preaching and he was certain that he had totally whiffed the sermon. He texted his wife and he said, latest stinker, I'll be home soon. And instead, his sermon was the spark. It was the beginning of a moment where thousands of people experienced a real connection with God. And yeah, there are always sociological phenomenon with revivals where people get hyped up, and yeah, it causes some people to be skeptical. I get it. But that doesn't mean that something real didn't happen, 
at Asbury in some people's lives, real people's lives. And it was all kicked off by a latest stinker, uh, a sermon that the guy who preached it just perceived it as a whiff. Wind happens, but we can't forecast it. At the beginning of our Faith and Doubt series, I asked the question, I said, name times when you felt the deepest connection to God and others. And I want to show you some of your answers and go back to those because those answers actually sound like the wind of the Spirit. You didn't know that God was going to meet you in this way. You could try to replicate these experiences, but it's doubtful that you could. These are wind of the Spirit types of experiences. So let me show you some of these experiences that they show up like wind. Here's some of your answers. When did you feel the deepest connection to God? Spontaneous encounters. Bird song. Loss of a loved one. Snuggles from my kids. Going out with friends for lunch or dinner. Hearing my church family speak beautiful words, vulnerable words, and loving words, free from hate, fear, or judgment. Rain falling on dry earth. When I was given love from another's light and heart. When my mom reads to me. When I was okay with me. When saying goodbye and transitioning out of a stage in life. Dog's love of his master. In learning to face my own darkness and grow. When our family is together. When the Spirit uses scripture to speak something deeper to my heart than words can say. Not just the literal reading. When I was filled with light. When God spoke healing words to my heart in a clearer way than ever before after I experienced loss and betrayal. Serving at home, even by myself, I sense his smile brightening my day, like yesterday, Saturday. Long car drives, alone with prayer or worship, in times of joy. Now, every single experience that I just read is a moment that was somehow sacred, somehow electric, magical, alive with the Spirit of the living God. These were real wind of the Spirit experiences. And you can access the memory of those experiences. And those memories matter. And they'll likely impact you for years to come. But you can't access that actual experience. Because that wind has already blown through. You didn't know it was coming. And it came. And it went. And you're yet to see all of the places that that wind is going. Even if you try to replicate that moment, that experience, that prior connection with God, it's in the past. The only moment that you actually have to access the Spirit of God is this present moment. 
right now. And there's absolutely no telling how God will use this present moment. Jesus says the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The only thing you can do is give God your complete attention, your whole heart, your whole mind, all of your strength, and then prepare to be surprised. There's no forecasting God. There's only giving God our attention and trusting that the life-giving Spirit of God is going to come to you. Not necessarily when you expect, from the direction you expect, or taking you in the direction you expect. So a final reflection question or discussion question. If you're listening with someone, I invite you to chat with them. Otherwise, reflect on this. What tends to get in the way of you giving your attention to God? And what tends to help you give God your complete attention amidst the challenges of daily life? Thank you for joining us for a Sunday sermon from Neatart's Friends Church. We hope you'll join us soon for one of our in-person worship gatherings. For more information, hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. God's peace be with you, friends.